You are now listening to The Last Day's Return of the Historic Faith with your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson and Brother Matthew Marcel. This podcast is for the kingdom Christian in the end times. As aliens in a foreign land and ambassadors of our king, we proudly fly the flag with the cross as we sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. trying his best to keep us from coming on and spreading some truth this morning, but uh, we know that uh, the Lord wins out in the end, and we are here, we're live, and I have shared the, the program in both the Remnant Report chat and the Deception Report chat. And uh, we'll get it shared into some groups. And I know that New Awakenings for Christians, they, uh, unfortunately, they do not allow live videos. I don't know why. I guess because they don't know what, you know, what somebody could possibly say. There's no way to, uh, um, I guess, screen a live video. But... In any case, we, we, we've we got enough people that are watching. Um, you can't go by the number in the top corner uh, because what it does is it shows how many people are watching on Servants and Doves Ministries, the, the place where I originally went live. That that's all it'll show, and you know we shared, or I shared the video in a bunch of groups. I shared it on my personal page, and I also um, shared it on the both group chats. So uh, there'll be plenty of people who see the video. But last night, um. Well, before before I get into last night and what I talked about last night, I want to, um, for the for people who do not know who you are, um, if you wouldn't mind, just introduce yourself uh, and where you're from and, you know, just a little bit about you. All right. Um, my name's Matthew Marcel. Uh, um, I... Grew up uh, here in uh, Texas, uh, here in the South. I grew up in a very conservative, uh, you know, Christian home in the Southern Baptist Church. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I, since I was eight years old, I've been saved. Um, just recently, though, uh, within the last, like, oh, I'd say two and a half, three years, um, is when I really just, um, man, just gave it all over to Jesus. I, I, uh, I mean, I, you know, uh, Jeremy and I were talking a little while ago and we were talking about how, like, uh, throughout my life, you know, I mean, I can, looking back, I can see, uh, you know, 
a lot of you know you see the evidence of being saved so I've been saved since I was eight years old but it hadn't been till you know about two and a half three years ago when I just gave everything everything over um, and I mean I'm I'm definitely not perfect and uh, he's he's definitely pruning me still and there's still things every day that I'm having to let go of and give up um, because uh, he God is sovereign but he's not going to go against our free will and uh, if we're holding things back from him then he's not going to force us to do something and um, he has to uh, we have to uh, surrender um, daily uh, thanks everything to him for him to use us um, I mean you can be saved uh, and ju- I mean just I mean you could be saved but until you actually give it up give everything over to him he's not going to go against your free will to uh, use you um, I don't know if uh, if y'all have uh, read a book by Phil Baker it's called uh, New Wineskins and the Simple Words of Christ and uh, he said something in that book uh, that's that's really used uh, that book really um, helped me to uh, and it really wasn't anything necessarily that uh, Phil Baker or uh, even BDK if y'all watch Mega Frequency anything they said that uh, changed my mind it was seriously literally the word of Jesus uh, taking they pointed me to take his words very literally and very seriously and um, I mean obviously there are some instances in the Bible uh, revelations sometimes in Daniel where it's kind of a imagery and whatnot and uh, you know that's maybe not literal you know uh, with uh, you know a bear and you know everything else but uh, maybe it means uh, you know imagery whatnot but Jesus's words uh, especially like in the Gospels and stuff, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, very literally. I mean, it's, uh, he said what he meant, and he meant what he said. And um, if you wonder if, if, he, if he should be taken literally in a certain sense, uh, if you read in context of the whole scripture, uh, he lived out what he said, and he did what he said. And uh, you look at the early Christian examples, and they did what he said. But um, anyway, it, it's a uh, but uh, new wineskin, simple words of Christ that really pointed me to take his word seriously. And what something uh, Phil said in that book that really impacted my life, where it just kind of you know light bulb went off. Uh, he said he gave an example of a house, and he said that you can invite somebody to stay into your house. And uh, he grew up uh, Southern Baptist too. Phil did, and I think you did too, Jeremy. And yeah, yeah, and um, so I mean, if you grew up Southern Baptist, and I'm not knocking on Southern Baptists at all. I mean, that, they have a a lot right, but they also, I mean, there's a lot of things too that, as I've read myself through the book, instead of just taking people's word for it and uh, read myself in the Bible, I mean, then I'm like, well, you know, that's not what Jesus said. Nothing salvation issue wise by any means, but uh, you know, anyway, but um. Uh, he, you know, if you grew up Southern Baptist Church, you know the, you know the Sinner's Prayer. You know, everybody bow your heads, everybody close your eyes, nobody looking. You know the, uh, I mean, and 
I'm not necessarily trying to knock on that. I'm just, I mean, um, but it's when you come to Jesus, you you give him your life. He requires everything, everything. Read Matthew chapter 10. I mean, just read that whole chapter, Matthew chapter 10, and that'll tell you how serious Jesus is about, I mean, uh, and this is another instance um, where Jesus said, uh, weigh the cost. When you're given, I mean, uh, he, he, um, you know, he had all these people uh, following him because all these miracles he was doing, he was starting to get real popular. And, uh, and that's when he stopped and he said, look, y'all need to weigh the cost. Y'all need to uh, realize what y'all are getting. You're giving me everything. And read Matthew 10. That will really um, open your eyes to, uh, and don't get me wrong, it is so worth it and there's so much freedom. When you come to Jesus and you surrender everything to him, there is um, that, uh, I mean, he He said, uh, come to me, all you that are uh, heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But read what he said there. He said, uh, learn of me from meek and lowly in heart. That rest comes when you, in that surrender, when you surrender to him, that's when he gives you rest, he gives you peace. Uh, he gives you uh, love, perseverance, all the fruits of the Spirit. You start bearing fruit when you surrender your life to Jesus. And um, I mean, but read Matthew 10. He talks about, uh, you know, he that loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. I mean, he 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 lays it out there. I mean, he, he said, I want everything. And the example Phil gave was a lot of people kind of do that sinner's prayer thing they say they invite jesus into their heart you know i heard that growing up a lot and um it's kind of like inviting inviting somebody into your house when you invite someone into your house then they're in your house for a while they um have a uh, certain access to your house and everything maybe i'll invite them over for supper or something but eventually they got to leave uh you're still that's still your house you could even take yeah. it a step further and you can have someone live in your house and invite someone to stay and live in your house. They may have a key to your house. They may have a key to your, uh, your vehicle. They may have um, access to pretty much the whole house, but there's certain aspects of that. Of, uh, it's still your house. You uh, Maybe they don't have access to that room or whatever. You know, it's, uh, That's maybe a step further, but that's still your house. Jesus, the reason why the whole Christian thing doesn't work for people sometimes, you know, they uh, fall away or whatnot, or, uh, you know, Jesus gave the example of the, the seeds and the soil and the four different souls and the, the rocky soil couldn't bear roots and it grew up too quick and it uh, died when the persecution came, the, the weather came, you know, and um, the reason why it doesn't work for some people is because they didn't give Jesus the deed of their house and that's what he requires of you. When you come to Jesus, he requires the deed of the house. Everything. Everything. It's, uh, yeah. I have, I've told a lot of people uh, just in posts that I have put up on Facebook or in having just, you know, conversations with people um, you know, I'm not, I know that we are not supposed to be prideful and I'm not trying to puff your head up by any means, but, uh, 
you know, I've told many people that uh, I am, and I, I thank the Lord for this. I, I, I've, I've said, you know, how thankful that I am that you shared just a couple of videos with me. Um, you know, I don't even remember the first one you shared. Uh, yes, I do. It was the two kingdoms. You shared the... the it's a good the place to start. Yeah, good foundation. Yeah, and I, uh, I went and what I did was I took and I made a playlist out of all of them. I turned all of them into a playlist. That's awesome. And I just listened to them back to back. You know, I, I, no matter what I was doing, I had my headphones in. And I listened to all 26 of those teachings in one day. Wow. And that's a lot. I could not get enough because for the yeah. first time in my life, I was hearing truth and my spirit was bearing witness yeah, with the truth from the Holy Spirit, and That's that right. that comes straight out of Scripture. You know, uh, our spirit will bear witness with His spirit, and you know, I have. You know, I think a lot of us in this uh, so-called truther movement have really in one form or another uh, woken up but we've all realized that we've been lied to all of our lives in the church Um, we've been taught wrong I know especially me like you know I'm sure you dealt with this too growing up going to a Southern Baptist church I, I went to a church that was full of Masons and, you know, there, there were people in my church. There was a guy who passed away not too long ago. I don't, I don't go to that church anymore. My, my grandmother still goes there. She's in her 80s. My daughter, which is my oldest child, she's uh, 19. She still goes there. And she, she, I would have to say that she is the hardest for me to reach. Um, the first thing that I did as far as trying to move us away from the world is I stopped the uh, pagan secular holidays. And looking realizing that I had been taught wrong and just thirsting for knowledge and truth, true knowledge, you know, I was looking for it in every direction. And what I found that seemed to make the most sense to me was the Hebrew roots doctrine, right? And so for a long time, I latched on to that. And there are some truths there. There are. Um, But just like there, I mean, same as Southern Baptist Church, there are truths there. But there are 
also a lot of fallacy. You know, there's a lot of Chinese traditions. Yeah, absolutely. And with the Hebrew roots, it's more than that. They have brought in Talmudic teachings. Oh yeah. Especially the far, you know, uh, side of the Hebrew roots. You know. With what side? I said, especially the far side. You know, the extreme extremes of the the Hebrew roots. I, uh, you know, the more, the more I noticed that I, I got away from it as much as I could. And when I got on with, uh, next chapter radio, um, uh, was about the time that I completely left the Hebrew roots behind. And I actually, one of the first videos I ever did, um, was a video, uh, talking about the uh the hebrew roots movement and the things i I mean i wasn't bashing it because i don't believe in making uh videos bashing other people or i mean if it's a heretical doctrine okay but if it's just people who you know are wrong on some things then i don't believe that sharing the truth and love bashing so the video I did was it was talking about the things that they had right, but also the things that they had wrong and why I left. And um, I, ever since then, you know, I've been looking for that that truth because I knew it was out there. There were just so many things that I did not understand, and I have been studying scripture you know in English and in ancient languages for years and years and years uh, I would say probably since 2002 you know and even when I was as lost as I could be and in the world this has always been a passion of mine um and because of that whenever I like I said when I heard the first time I heard any teachings from the early church it was like you it wasn't from the book but it was from listening to Phil Baker on his podcast yeah and uh, he is the one who got me into researching the early church fathers and I still hadn't you know gone as deep as say you had or as deep as I have now I still didn't have that understanding of what they believed completely but when you sent me those videos from David Verso it was just like everything just clicked man <laughs> Yeah. And I understood things that never made sense to me before. And it's, it's not just salvation or the Holy Spirit, but, you know, things about death. Yeah. Passing yeah. the scripture, like Jesus talking to the thief on the cross, saying, today you will be with me in paradise. Yeah. And always, I was like, you know, that just kind of left me dumbfounded because 
you know, pretty much everybody knows Jesus didn't go to heaven when he died on the cross. Now, there's some people that believe he did, but for the most part, people know that uh, Christ, you know, went, if they don't know that he went into Hades, they at least yeah. know that he went into In the grave. Two, two levels of it. You know, yeah. the, the, and, where the righteous go, and, and even, you know, if you get into Tartarus, too, is another layer, but, you know, yeah, where yeah, the, the watchers the are, but, you know, the righteous and the unrighteous. Yeah, there's actually yeah, three kinda, levels. There's the very lower, the very bottom level, yeah. which is Tartarus, where the angels that ascend are chained. Yeah. And, you know, then you've got, uh, the the lower levels and and Jesus kind of you see that too with uh, the you know Lazarus and the rich man yeah and that, the, that's you, know, you see that. Jesus gave that example you, you kind of see that too plus just in uh, early Christian writings but even what more I was foundational seminary, seminary but the way that I was taught it was that when Jesus freed the Old Testament saints from Hades that they all went to heaven and the uh, unrighteous stayed there in hell the lake of fire Gehenna and you know that that is you know that's that comes after the great white judgment or the great uh, throne judgment you know and Revelate the lake of fire and new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, all that stuff comes uh, after all the, you know, uh, tribulation, the wrath, all that kind of stuff is, uh, yeah, I, I did too. I, you know, I, I grew up believing the simple people die, they go straight to heaven, straight to hell, you know, and eventually that is the case, but in the, in this time, you know, and that's not like something. I mean, if people don't understand that or believe that, it's not like a, you it's know, not a salvation, salvation issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it is very interesting, to say the least, to uh, see. See, I, I um, the way I look at the early Christian writings is, it's not by any means uh, um, scripture. I mean, it's not. I, I'm not saying it's inspired or any of that kind of stuff, but it holds a lot of weight, and it holds a lot of weight because the first 300 years of Christianity, pre-Constantine, before Constantine came, and the Catholic Church and everything, uh, the Christians were very unified in everything they believed. They were. It was. Um, it was the disciples of the disciples. I mean, uh, absolutely. Card was the disciple of John. Oh, John. You know, yeah. He wrote the Gospel of John, Revelation, uh, Irenaeus, and uh, I mean, uh, Ignatius, Irenaeus, Ignatius, I think, was also a disciple of John, or either Polycarp. Well, Irenaeus was a disciple of Polycarp. You know, they had a question about how to interpret something. They said, hey, John, what do you mean by yeah, this? Yeah, <laughs> when you said the source, this, what do yeah. you mean by this? They were personally discipled, and it's not like the discipleship would go, you know, I mean, it's not like they just went to a Sunday school or a seminary. I mean, they were personally disciples. They spent time, like time with these people and learned from, um, 
from the apostles, and I mean that's that holds a lot of weight in my book. I mean, like I said, I'm not looking at like inspired scripture, but I mean, if I would much, I'd go to, uh, I'd use their writings as a commentary before I would use any of these people two thousand exactly after then. And there are so many commentaries, yeah. man. Yeah, th- that's why we got nine hundred denominations today. Is because right. people read through preconceptions, and plus you've had you know seventeen hundred years of uh, you know the the Catholic Church changing. Th- you know when Constantine came in, he merged the kingdom of God with the kingdom of this world, kingdom which is world, like oil yeah. and water. You can't mix those two. I mean, over and over and over. I could show you over and over i mean jesus spoke about the kingdom of god over a hundred times in the new testament he spoke about it more than salvation absolutely well it was the kingdom of god is the gospel the gospel message is the kingdom of god the gospel of the kingdom of god that's what it literally is called so many times the gospel of the kingdom of god i mean that's that's a it's because we he said, "Repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here it's now. It's right. um, it's not of this." He told Pilate, "He said, my kingdom is not of this it's world. Not of this world. Of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. But it's not from hence. It's um, it's completely. We've been uh, rescued out. Uh, Colossians one." Um, it might be verse 13. I think it's Colossians 1. It says, uh, we've been rescued from, out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear son, Jesus. We've been mm-hmm. So if we've been rescued out of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of this world, which is very clear in scripture, is all the nations of this world, America included, if we're rescued out of the kingdom of darkness, and why do we feel like we have some kind of dual citizenship with the kingdom of darkness and that we can that's not the bible nowhere does it teach we're dual citizens with the kingdom of god and the kingdom of this world it is rival kingdoms we are at war with the the principalities that are by and the the little g god of this world the uh second uh corinthians it talk i think it's second corinthians talks about the the god of this age of this is uh, blinded the minds of those um, who don't believe, lest the light of the gospel shine upon them. The enemy, Satan, he is the little G, not you know, God, big G, little G, God of this world. He is. The he is the God of this world. Of this world, this you know, uh, it's um, if we're rescued out of that kingdom, why in the world would we want to go and? It, it's just. Uh, I mean, it, it now that I understand that, and I, and it's not like, uh, it's not like it's some kind of, uh, you know, Jeremy and I were talking about this a while ago. Uh, it's not like it, it's some kind of new revelation or something that, uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, this is what the scripture has said since the beginning of the time. It's when men read their preconceptions, what they were taught, what they feel comfortable with. Oh, I don't really like what Jesus said there, so I'm gonna. You know, this is what I've come to, and I, I'm still learning to do this. I'm not, you know, I had to by no means have it all figured out yet. I'm learning, but um, I am. I've decided to change my life to match Jesus's words rather than changing His words to match my life. 
and to match my preconceptions and the way I grew up in my culture. You know, I mean, the the Sermon on the Mount, if you read the last verses of Matthew chapter 7, it says the people were astonished at his doctrine. I mean, he, he done flipped it upside down. I mean, it, it just read Acts uh, 17. It says that they flipped the world upside down for the gospel. That's they did. They I mean, did. That's, that's one of the biggest problems, though, Matthew, is dispensationalism teaches, and that that's definitely a Southern Baptist doctrine. Yeah, and a lot of others too. But dispensationalism teaches that the Sermon on the Mount is not for us that it's only for the jews and that is that is one of the biggest problems because so much of christ's simple teachings come from the sermon on the mount that's right and if you take the sermon of the the mount out that's right if you take the sermon of the mount out of the equation then you're you're left with man-made doctrine. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. You're right. And you know, I uh, <laughs> I remember it was probably the second day that I was listening to because I listened to I'm still listening to them you know I listened to them over and over to because I want to I want it to sink in you know and uh, I introduced my dad to these my dad is a pastor as well you know you and I were talking how my biological father was also a pastor a southern baptist pastor but he passed away uh, when I was three but uh, my dad is, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Advent Christian denomination. Um, it, it's, it's an evangelical denomination. It's not, it's like not it, Seventh-day you talk about it a little bit. That's about all I know on it. Yeah, it's not Seventh-day Adventist at all. Right. Um, a lot of people, when they hear that Advent, they, they yeah. think Seventh-day, but it, it's nothing like that. Um, the only thing that they have in common with Seventh-day Adventists is they believe in the soul sleep. Um, but I, I uh, introduced my dad to these teachings, and man, he's hooked. Uh, you know, he he is right there. Yeah. Like, and I truly believe that every. Uh, Bible-believing Christian, if they would give this a chance and yeah. just listen, because it's not David Berceau teaching. Right, right. It's, it's, and it's not even the early church fathers. It's the early church fathers telling uh, the way they believe and what they do and why. And when they get right. to the why, then you see, this is what we were commanded to do all along. Yeah, you're right. Um, what is it, buddy? Sorry, uh, my oh, little one is here with me doing school. But uh, it yeah, amazes it's a, me. It's uh, the 
the early Christians, um, they, you know, I, I've heard David Rousseau in so many of his teachings, he starts out by saying, people ask me what the early Christians believed about this and what that. He said, I'm going to tell you what I tell you all the time. He said, if you want to know what the early Christians believed, you take every scripture in the New Testament and you take it very literally and very seriously and that's what they believe Jesus that's what they believe Jesus said on a matter and then he took the and Bible literally his work and he'd show you know uh, this uh, and he he does a pretty good job of um, you know showing what the early church believed as a whole like uh, not just Pick, cherry picking certain people that were kind of off on the fringes of it, you know. I mean, they yeah, were, I've know, heard him. I've heard him talk about Augustine. Do what? I said I've heard him talk about and, and quote Augustine, and you know, Augustine yeah. is definitely not somebody I yeah. would choose to make my yeah. doctrine after. Yeah, um, like and I say, he, I, I studied. He's clarified on Augustine too. On uh, oh, he has. Yeah, he yeah, has. yeah. About he's you know that was after Constantine, and he's he started a lot of these doctrines we have circling around today in evangelical denominations uh, came from uh, Martin Luther and Calvin, which Absolutely. were Augustinian monks, and you know uh, and, that's a lot of the the stuff that they teach us hardcore solid doctor that's why so many people when they hear the early roots of the faith then they're so like it's foreign to them because they've been uh like it's been drilled into them so deep on uh and i'm not okay so martin luther calvin they did a lot of good things in yeah i mean we wouldn't we wouldn't be here having this conversation without without them we wouldn't have the the english translations but at the same time they had their own agendas too yeah they did yeah they did yeah i I would be hard pressed to say that martin luther uh is in I'm not going to speculate on where anybody's at. I would just say that according to his definition of salvation, I would be scared to die um, having only uh, Luther's definition of salvation. Um, it, It would scare me about eternity. Yeah. But, you know, for many, many years, that was what I believed about salvation. And, you know, so many people believe as long as you say the sinner's prayer, that you're good to go. That, you know, and, you know, I'm going to tell you, Matthew, this is hard for me, man. My brother, my older brother just died a few months ago. Oh, man. And uh, he got, thank you. He got hit by a car. Um, He was walking he had gone to the hospital and he was walking home and he got hit by a car well it was in the middle of the night well Dustin he uh he lived a very hard life uh he and I had a lot of the same things in common as far as what's in my testimony with drugs and whatnot thing is he never uh he never stopped 
Uh, he would have times of getting off for a little while and whatnot, but he had actually, I, I didn't think he would ever get his mind back. Um, he got on that uh, crystal meth that is, in my opinion, just full of the most awful demons that there are. Yeah. And, you know, it just took his mind. He was not the same person. But he went to jail. He went to county jail. And from being in jail for a couple of months, he finally got his mind back. He was himself again. Well, he finally got out, and he was himself when he got out. Um, and he, uh, he had gone to some sort of, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but he had gone to some sort of rehab um, or some sort of Christian something at one point in time. And while he was there, uh, he said the sinner's prayer, okay? But he had absolutely zero fruit, no fruit. Well, Jesus is very clear about a tree that... So that's um, what I was just fixing to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, just one of, the, one of the times he talked about... It's just one, tree yeah. But, and, and I, you know, I stood up and I, I spoke at my brother's funeral. And I even, in my book, I dedicated my book to my brother. And, man, I got to tell you, I want to believe more than anything that I'm gonna see my brother again in paradise. But if I'm honest with myself, man, it's probably not gonna happen. Now, before I found these kingdom teachings and, you know, before I started reading the words of Christ without a preconceived lens, yeah. you know what I mean? I would have definitely thought that, yeah, I would have seen him again. That, And there is scripture about God giving grace to fools and, yeah. uh, and I think children. I can't remember. Um, and he did have some, some problems mentally. And so I just try to hold on to that and hold on to the fact that God is a God of grace. Yeah. You know, if he wasn't, we... We wouldn't yeah. be here right That's now. Uh, you know, when people hear me talk about uh, the two kingdoms, there are two things that they get the most upset about. The first thing is they think that I'm saying that uh, God is not a God of grace, that, that, you know, that we're not living in an age of grace. But... That's not what I'm saying. We are definitely living in an age of grace. Amen. The second thing that people get upset about is when I get on uh, politics and yeah. voting. And I don't believe that anybody's going to go to hell for voting. Yeah. And I don't believe that you're going to lose your salvation for voting. I do, however, believe that 
you know, scripture's pretty clear. Um, And if nothing else, even if you can't find a clear cut scripture that says thou shalt not vote, You even can look. Would, even then, people yeah, would. <laughs> they'd yeah, say we're not under the law that. anymore. Just talking about something. Yeah, they. Yeah, they'd yeah. say we're not under the law anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, Jesus you know, is so crystal clear in so many things, and people just. Well, I don't, you know, cherry pick, you know. They do. Yeah. They do. But even if. Um, if you can't find a clear verse that's clear enough for you, you can look at what the disciples, the apostles, and their apostles did. And, you know, there are many writings from the uh, early church fathers about not taking part in politics. And the one, the thing that I really liked that I wanted to play last night, but I, I wasn't able to, was the one that talked talked about who would not be allowed in the church. You know, if you had a certain yeah. prof- profession, you either had to quit and get another job, or um, you know, you weren't allowed to join the church. And I think that's very telling. Oh yeah, um, big time. All those, all those, these letters. They didn't from, compromise. No, they didn't yeah, compromise. No compromise. That's the thing. Until Constantine, it's, and then that compromise is what led to where, where we are today. Absolutely, absolutely, and but, you know, it's, it's you know, people, people say, uh, you know, and this is where I was too. I mean. Uh, four years ago, this is what I, this is the way I looked at it. Um, but, uh, you know, choosing the lesser of two evils. And, uh, I mean, if you think about that, you're still choosing an evil. I mean, in, in uh, Romans 12, this, you know, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then it says that don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's right. And don't don't you, the uh, end doesn't justify the means. And uh, I was going to read some of uh, some of these. Uh, Go ahead, read, bro. A quote or two from uh, um, the early Christians. Let's see. I thought I had it marked down. I don't guess I did. Let's see, it's a. Uh, Okay. Uh, here's just a couple for time's sake. Uh, let's see. Uh, so here's one from Tertullian in uh, 195 AD. In, uh, in us all uh, adore uh, in the pursuit of glory and honor is dead. 
so we have no pressing and uh and inducement uh to take part in your public meetings nor is there anything more entirely foreign to us than affairs of the state it says here uh this is from origin in 248 uh celsius also urges us to take office in the government of the country uh if if that is necessary for the maintenance of the laws and the support of religion it's the argument that you hear today uh so the same very similar situation however we recognize in each state the existence of another national organization that was founded by the word of god he's talking about the kingdom of god and we that goes across nation lines uh and we exhort those who are mighty in word in the blameless life uh, to rule over churches it is not for the purpose of escaping uh public duties that christians decline public office rather it is so they may receive themselves for a more divine and necessary service in the service of God for the salvation of men. Uh, this one's to Tulane and 200 says, uh, if we remember uh, this rule uh, to avoid idolatry, we can render service even to magistrates and rulers according in the example of the part, uh, patriarchs and other forefathers they obeyed idolatrous kings up to the point of idolatry therefore recently there arose a dispute as to whether a servant of god could take upon uh, himself the administration of dignity and power if he can keep himself through um uh, i don't know what that word is uh, i i during this or anyway and uh, or some special grace from every type of idolatry for there is the example of both joseph and daniel who kept clean from idolatry and yet administered both dignity and power in egypt and babylonia let us suppose that uh it is possible for anyone to to succeed in um, operation under the mere name of the office in whatever office let us also suppose the following he neither sacrifices nor lends his authority to sacrifices uh, he does not um, uh, farm out sacrificial victims. He does not assign to others the care of the temples. He does not look after their tributes. He does not give spe- um, speculators uh, of his own or the public expense, uh, nor proceed over them. He makes no pr- uh, proclamation or edict for any pagan festivals. He does not even take oaths, because Jesus said not to take a, no oaths at all in the uh, yeah. Sermon on the Mount. For, furthermore, he does not uh, sit in judgment on anyone's life or character for uh, might allow his judging without uh, about money. Uh, he um, he neither condemns nor edicts. Uh, he changes no one, neither imprisons nor tortures anyone. Uh, now, uh, is it believable that all that is possible? And then there's one more that was really telling. Uh, this is Tertulli, and this is a short one. The Caesars too would have believed on Christ if even the Caesar, if either the Caesars had not been necessary for the world, or if Christians could have been Caesars, and that was Tertullian in the 195. See, they. This is just a very, I mean, tip of the iceberg example. And uh, but the two kingdoms, the doctrine of the two kingdoms, uh, the kingdom of God is a completely different rival kingdom from the kingdom of this world um mm-hmm. this uh this you know 
uh, everybody always goes to Romans 13 and we take all scripture in context you know we're not cherry we're not taking getting rid of any scriptures this fits in the context of all scripture and we are right. to pray for our leaders we are to obey the laws up to the point that it disobeys god's law we are to pay our taxes all these things we are commanded to do and we should do them but nowhere 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 in scripture does it command us or even um imply that we should be getting involved in the politics of the kingdom of darkness we've been rescued out of that kingdom while in the world we want to go back into that kingdom and uh, use evil means to accomplish a good goal it it uh it doesn't work that I'll, way i'll tell you what the I, I remember i was telling you about after i did my program last night the lady uh she didn't watch it live but she she watched the replay and she commented over and over um you know she uh, she called me a false teacher and all these these little things um i can tell you what she said and what i've heard echoed from a lot of other people and what i hear what i heard from her and what i hear from most people is this that we have a christian responsibility to vote against evil well um that is saying that we can control things in this world that it's God's job to control and you know he a lot of people kings and brings them down yeah a lot of people love to stress how much they trust the lord they trust the lord to do this and they they believe that god will do that but when it comes time to actually trust him they want to take it back from him and they want to do it through voting or whatever it is it doesn't have to be voting it can be anything but um not only that people have to realize that prophecy must unfold if it has been written it's going to happen yep and no amount of voting is going to change that. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that uh Biden is the antichrist or that Trump is the antichrist. As a matter of fact, in the past, I have gone so far as to say that Trump was um was it you that sent me the video um about the QAnon and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, kind of like what that was saying about how you know, why are all of these new agers mm-hmm. um saying the same things that we are? And the exposing also why, of the NWO is part of the 
part of the plan. You know, it's exactly. the devil set up. The, great the deep state, the new world order, whatever you want to call them, it's legitimately real and a threat. He set it up so he could come and save us from it. And that's, yeah, I mean, it would deceive even the very elect if it was possible, Jesus said. I, I mean, it's, it's the back. ultimate false flag uh, uh, problem, uh, reaction, solution. You know, I mean, truthers, you know, what it, you know, all this. We know all that stuff, but we're blinded when it comes to somebody exposing all those things. But what's the angle? What's the angle yeah. of them? You look at the roots of the the people who are exposing these things. Very new age, very... Uh, you know, you're your own savior. You're, you know, it's all this completely anti-biblical. You said something a minute ago about the um, uh, our civil duty, you know, as a Christian and all this. I've heard that so many times. And this scripture just, I mean, this is just one of many. But this just completely nail in the coffin, right? It says here in Second uh, Timothy uh, 2, 3 through 4, it says, Sure. In suffering is a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please uh, the one who enlisted him. And then here's another one. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not, this is when he's talking to Pilate. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from hence. John 18, 36 for our salvation is in heaven, which uh, we were also eager, we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians three twenty. Uh, I mean, you just go over and there's the one I was talking about a while ago. Colossians one thirteen. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son. I mean, I could just go all day and just, I mean, there's. Literally yeah. hundreds. Well, all the you, once, you, once your eyes are opened to this stuff, you see it everywhere. Ever, all over the place, yeah. Because the same Holy Spirit that inspired one scripture inspired others. And it's Absolutely. so it's going to say the same It's us. never going to contradict. It's in right. and something I hear too uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. And I've, this, I mean, I know all the arguments of uh, trying to get around Jesus's very clear teachings of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I mean, as I said, well, I grew up in Texas. You know, I grew up um, with all the uh, stereotypes you can put on, you know, I mean, like uh, to a point, I mean, not maybe not all the ones the media gives, you know, they in Hollywood yeah. gives. But I mean, you know, I mean, I grew up with good old American way you know good southern values you know uh i mean somebody hits you in the face you hit them back you know uh i mean it's a um but in south carolina yeah yeah i mean all these things i grew up all i mean i know all the arguments to try to take scriptures out of context and twist them to make them say that you know jesus is condoning um this that or the other or uh you know that uh, King David killed all these men. Well, Israel was a physical nation in the Old Testament. It was a physical kingdom. It it had, uh, you know Paul said that the government bears the sword for a reason. And I'm not you know pro government. I'm just saying that's what he said. That's that's the truth. That's what he said. 
the government has the sort, you know, uh, Nate, uh, Israel, ancient Israel was a physical kingdom. They had, they bared a sword. They had a king. But that's, that's another part of it. In the beginning, Jesus God now. Yeah, but but in ancient times, God was ancient Israel's king. They they long they wanted they, yeah. they wanted to a physical like, man. Exactly, they got Eventually, God gave it to them. Yeah, but now um, you know it's not replacement theology. It no, is what the scripture no, no, says. We are Israel. If you are yeah. in Christ Jesus, no, no matter Abraham seed, yes, yeah, and our King, our ruler, is Jesus Christ. Amen. And we also have laws. We have, um, yeah, <laughs> we've got. Uh, oh, my mind just went blank. Uh, we have our own constitution. Uh, yeah. We've got a constitution. Yeah. We've got all of that. Yeah. And we're our own kingdom. That's right. And ambassadors to a foreign land. You know, an ambassador of the U.S. that lives in Russia, that's an ambassador to Russia from the U.S., he can't, he can't vote in the Russian affairs and or whatever country i mean just put another democracy or whatever you know whatever country yes. he can't get involved in their politics. he represents a different country he, now their laws and their government affects him living there just like if uh you know you know whoever the president is here is going to affect our lives but it shouldn't we shouldn't compromise our clear commands and our clear morals of our kingdom to um, live more prosperous and more comfortable in this foreign land that we're in because we are ambassadors I mean it says that for a reason an ambassador is a very important role and he is not to um, he, he's from a different country we're, we're your foreigners in a different in a foreign land and uh, it's um, you know it's but you know something else I hear a lot too is uh you know and uh and like i said i know all the different arguments of because uh, i used to use them but when i when i saw it in context like it was just so clear it's like how in the world could you get could you take it any other way because this you know but uh here in luke this is something that i used to say all the time i take one one word and I would oh say, i'm so sorry my camera fell <laughs> Oh, you know, that's all good. See, this is, uh, in, um, this is in the, sorry, I was all, let me see. Last Supper. Okay, this is, I think it's in Luke's account, let's see.
Okay, so the Gospels, uh, so part of it's in Luke's account. I think part of it might be in Matthew's account of the same, same instance. Let me get to the other part of it too so I can read it all in context. You take the text out of context and all you're left with is a con. Brother, that's why I was trying to get my phone available so I could just, you know, find them scriptures real quick. Yeah, I had lined up. I wish we could have figured out time. how you could have come on with your computer so you could have used yeah. your phone. Um, I had it all. Here's the last up right here. I think it's this. Okay, so this is a, this is something that I hear a lot and that I used to use myself, like I said. This is in the Last Supper. Uh, Jesus has his disciples. They just ate and everything. And this is, uh, you know, the, the night the night before that Pilate and him being crucified and everything. He says, and this is a callback to and, um, uh, Michael Heiser has done a pretty good um, breakdown of this too. And uh, and he, that's an interesting one to uh, to look at, um, you know, if y'all want to go further into this. But uh, so it says here in Luke chapter 22, uh, which is uh, verse 35. Okay. It says, and he said unto them, when I sent you out with uh, without a person script uh, and shoes, lack ye anything? And they said nothing. Then said he unto them, but now he that have a purse, let him take it. And likewise his script, he that have no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. So uh, that's, that's something that you hear. All, well, Jesus said, y'all go buy a sword, right? He said, um, go uh, and buy a sword for defense or whatever. You know, Jesus said, go buy a sword. Look at the very next verse. The very next verse, it says, For I say unto you that this is written, uh, must he be accomplished uh, accomplished in me, uh, and yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. So if you literally go and read the very next verse, he's calling back to a prophecy that was written. And he's saying, by y'all having this sword, this is fulfilling the prophecy. Because just a few verses later, Peter cuts the ear off of the servant, you know, in the garden of Gethsemane. The, um, the mob comes and Peter takes that sword and he cuts off the ear of a servant. And Jesus rebukes him. He says, he that lives by the sword will die by the sword. And then he heals the man's ear. And and then he said again, he called back to this prophecy. He said, this was done so that the prophecy will be fulfilled, that he was numbered numbered among the transgressors. So if Jesus was advocating that they have and use the sword, why would he be calling, why would he be encouraging them to be a transgressor? Right here in the very next verse, he says, 
this is done so that the prophecy may be fulfilled that he was numbered among the transgressors. So if he was saying, y'all go get a sword so you can go and, and use use it for violence, you know, the, the means uh, justifying the end kind of thing, then why would he be calling that? Why would he be encouraging them to be a transgressor? It was, literally, it was, um, it was, and look at what he said just before that. He said, did y'all need anything? I, t- I sent y'all out. He's calling back to the 70 people, the, the disciples that he called. He said, go out. And um, earlier in the Gospels, when he, he sent the 70 people out and uh, they didn't have anything with them, he said, don't take your, your money bag, don't take your coat, anything. You don't need anything. And the, he said, did y'all need anything when I sent y'all out? And they said, no. So now he's saying, so now I'm going to tell you to go get a sword. If you didn't need anything then, now I'm going to go tell you to get a sword. I mean, it, it's, and then look, look at what he says here. And uh, Matthew, this is Matthew's account, Matthew 26. Um, it says uh, in verse 52, and then Jesus, unto, uh, and then said Jesus unto him, put up again thy sword into its place for all, because what had, uh, just before this, Peter cut off the ear of the servant, and uh, the mob came to arrest Jesus, and Peter cut his ear off. And uh, yep. Jesus said um, unto him, Put up again thy sword into its place, for all uh, that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall pre- presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that this is the thus it must be um in that same hour jesus yeah in that same hour said jesus to the multitudes are ye come out against uh, uh, um, against a thief with swords and staffs uh for to take me i sat daily with you in the teachings of the temple and you laid no hold uh on me so uh, but all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled he says it three times that, that, that this whole thing about um, the sword because he said now I'm telling you to go get a sword and they said where do you have two where do you have two Lord? and he said that's enough so two swords is enough for the rebellion to overthrow the Roman government see it's it, in context it's very clear I mean Jesus said it three different times that this was done to be to fulfill the prophecy of being numbered amongst the transgressors, the sinners. So, anyway, it's it's just uh, it's it's just so clear when you read in context. Jesus is not, and even if he did, even if he was saying uh, he didn't tell me this. You you may have some insight that I don't have. Maybe you can help me with something. If you have a person that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt is a Christian, is a believer, um, they do, I mean, they they have the fruits, you know, there's no doubt that the, this person is a Christian. Matter of fact, if they're not, then I'm not. Um, but you cannot get this person to see no matter how many times you uh, quote the scriptures or anything else, you, you 
you just can't get these people to to understand the part about us not taking part in things of the government because that's what it boils down to um, with the person that I'm talking about is voting and the government. How would you say uh, handle that? Just I mean, because it's not a salvation. It's um, it's not even anything that's really going to hinder them, other than other than the fact of obedience. You know, uh, we're always supposed to be obedient, but it's like you and I were talking about before if if you haven't been shown something if something has not been revealed to you then are you held accountable for it now I realize that the person I'm talking about I have (laughs) I've revealed it to this person many times but uh person revealing something to someone is not the same thing as you know the holy spirit revealing something um i guess what i really want to know is what are some ways that i can help this person see the truth of this because i don't know if they are just clinging on to their belief and don't want to let go of it or if they just truly believe that it is our responsibility to change things by voting um and you know you may not have any advice for me that that I haven't already tried or thought of but I figured it was worth a shot to ask you yeah um uh, yeah I think I have uh, at least an idea on uh, cause I, I I mean I'm presented with the same the same thing in my personal life too uh, real quick, I just wanted to clarify on something I was when I was talking about the sword and stuff. I'm not at all saying um, that you know having uh, guns and stuff is is bad. I've got I've got a lot of guns. I like to hunt. Yeah, so do I. Stuff. Anybody who knows me, he's a killing. You know, he's killing. The you know Peter had the tart. He saw the big. You know. Uh, he had the dream with all the different animals, and you know, I mean, you know, he, he I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm just talking about uh, taking a man's life. I mean, Jesus, is pretty clear. Oh, and, and. But to answer your question, I just wanted to, um, uh, so I think it's a, it's a, a matter of because uh, you know, over and over again, Jesus talks about the heart, and uh, I'm not saying i'm not using a cop out like it's uh you know people always say well god knows my heart people use that yeah. as a cop out that's not what i'm saying but jesus continually says you know he said uh, if you even look at a woman plus in, in your heart it's it's adultery if you hate your brother it's murder it's a matter of allegiance to and that's why you read the sermon i encourage everybody listening don't take my word for it don't take jeremy's word for it don't take David Rousseau's word for anything. 
rightly divide the word of truth for yourself. Read it in the scripture. You pray for discernment. If you don't take anything we say, take take the word of God and read it literally and seriously. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you, to soften your heart, to open your heart to what he has to tell you. Not what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm fallible. I'm asking you can ask anybody close to me. I, I'll, I'll mess up all the time. But Jesus is our example. I'm not your example, and Jer- Jeremy is your example. Jesus said, "It's it's a it's a matter of allegiance." He, you know, Matthew five, six, and seven. I'd encourage everybody to read. That's the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five, six, and seven. He lays out things that are very, very hard to hear, but it's truth. And he said it. And he said what he meant. And he meant what he said. And he talks about oaths. And if you look at the definition of oath, it's allegiance. You're, it's a pledge of your allegiance to um, somebody or a king or a government. It's a, it's your allegiance. Is our allegiance to Jesus, King Jesus, or is our allegiance to the leaders of this world? The, in America, make no mistake, there ain't no such thing as a Christian nation. America is a pagan to the foundation, to the roots all the way down to the tip of the roots. It's a pagan, pagan, and don't take my word for that either. Do y'all's own research on it. Go look in the Library of Congress. Primary sources show you the pagan roots of her. Belly of the Beast, the Fall Brothers uh, yeah. documentary film. I'll plug that. That that thing is truth. That's yeah, I, I've plugged that. it myself. I, I've got all three Fall Brothers documentaries. Yes, they're all specifically has to do exactly with what's what we're talking. That belly of the beast is that's some solid truth. But um, so as far as allegiance goes, um, that's and I mean. So his teachings on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, this is the very last words Jesus gave uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. This is in Matthew chapter 7. And this, uh, you know, I've heard this parable, you know, since I was little bitty, but I've never read it. I want to ask you something Mm -hmm. because people are sending me questions in. Oh, yeah. And I know how I would answer this. But I, I just want to hear how you answered it. Somebody sent me something that says David was an anointed king. Now, we just kind of covered this a few minutes yeah. ago. He said David was an anointed king, but he honored Saul, who was after his very life. Um, I think what the person is saying is that because they also said that David was a man after God's own heart. Yes. Um, first off, that is too, I, my answer to that would be that is two very different things. Jesus Christ had not come and established the kingdom of exactly. God yet. That's He's right. Been, the kingdom of God had not been established on this earth. John the Baptist forerunners said the kingdom of God it, it's it's coming it's right you know I mean it's yeah read the first couple chapters of all the gospels and it, God it's is established you know Jesus is coming was a huge uh, milestone in the, the history 
I mean that that changed everything. Jesus is if, coming, the Messiah, if we, the King. If we were in Old Testament Israel, then absolutely go for the the lesser of the two evils. Go for the the most righteous leader. But we're not. I, I tell you what, I, I I heard something BDK said the other day, and uh, and I forgot which um. I forgot which episode it was of Meg Frequency, but this was really good. When he said this, it was like, that's that's good right there. So he was talking about, and I don't remember who he was, who he said said it, but somebody uh, was giving that lesser to two evils arguments, which you hear all the time. And like I said, I myself viewed it that way too um, four years ago. But um, he said that the guy that was talking was saying that you have the uh the the two choices is like uh nero and i forgot the other guy he said they were roman emperors you know and uh he was saying you know you would you rather vote in nero which i mean no question about it i mean he slaughtered mercilessly it burnt down rome blamed it on the christians drove spikes through him and, and uh, burned him in his garden and, you know, all kinds of terrible, uh, threw him to the lions and the Colosseums, all this stuff. And he said, or this other guy, which I forgot who he said it was, but it was a milder version of, uh, you know, he didn't persecute as much. Anyway, he said, you got to choose the lesser of two evils. And BDK said something that was really, really good. He said, I would argue that today, like our options between the two, uh, presidential candidates Nero you have Nero or you have Constantine Nero is obviously Biden I mean Biden is crooked as a burrow of snakes I oh, mean yeah. but it doesn't take much discernment to see that I mean you can see that clearly but Constantine you know you go back to Con uh, Emperor Constantine he came in and he merged the two kingdoms and compromised the church compromised and i mean just look at all this stuff that we're talking about the early christians that is before constantine they were that was their mark they were marked by their separation from the world and they didn't go off and live on some mountain somewhere in some commune and uh you know some kind of weird thing you know they lived in the world but not of the world they uh, lived the teachings on the Sermon on the Mount because that's what Jesus told them to do. They lived, they lived right next door to people that were unsaved that lived, you know, like the world. I mean, they didn't, you know, uh, shut themselves off, you know, but they lived by a different moral standard. They lived by the simple words of Jesus, the simple commands of Jesus. And if you this is something that really impacted me and i mean you could take all this stuff about the early christians and david Purcell and all these different people have good insight but when it comes down to it the red letters that's a servant is not Absolutely. above his master or a uh, disciple is not above his master and a servant's not above his lord uh it's in well, chapter 10. the red because letters. of the time because of the time matthew we're gonna um we're just we're gonna have a few questions and answers okay. and then yeah, yeah. we're gonna end it uh i uh the the same person who said that about 
David and the king and, and whatnot in response to what you and I said, they said, okay, yes, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Jesus came as our heavenly king to seek and save that which was lost. God raised up good and evil kings and used both for his purposes. Yes, he did. Um, I, I am going to have to say this as far as that. Um, hold on, I am trying to um, let the person know to go over to the Remnant Report, which is where we're going to, the chat's where I'm going to be taking questions from. Um, my answer to that would be this again you're talking about apples and oranges Um, (laughs) yeah absolutely Jesus is the same yesterday however that would be like saying that because Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever that if, and this is just a, a crazy example, but it's, it's really no crazier than the example that was, that was given. And that is, if someone died before say in Old Testament times if someone died then well Jesus had not uh, come to the earth as uh, an incarnate human being yet he had not died on the cross yet Um, but because he's the same today yesterday and forever and was gonna die on the cross that person's sins are already forgiven uh, I mean, it's the same logic. You you can't say that um, that it's okay to go against the teachings of Jesus. Yeah, and you know, elect a leader into the beast system which is what the worldly system is it's the beast system yeah it is and the bible says woe to those who call evil good good evil now i i know this person very personally and i am in no way saying that they are calling evil good and good evil. Right. I'm just giving an example. Well, they're not knowingly doing that. But to believe for one second that either one of the candidates that ran for president was good or Christian or what I've heard people say so many times was going to stop abortion and 
uh, he's going to put Hillary in jail. And I would say, well, why hasn't he? Well, he's got to be very careful. He's surrounded by all these people. He's got to be, he's, he's got to be very careful in what he does. And so now I'm thinking, well, hey, he's lost the election pretty much, you know, unless he's got a hat trick he's getting ready to pull like I have a video that says that he blockchain um, uh, some kind of stuff on the paper on the ballot yeah I've heard that that if there is I think there is going to be a lot of exposure if uh, there's an angle behind it there's like, you know, you think of a man who sets up a trap a mile or two up from a train and he blows up the tracks and then he goes and saves the train from the, I'm not saying that's Trump, I, I'm just saying the, the devil, like he, he's the man, he, he sets up the deep state, the exposure on the, explosion on the tracks, then he goes and saves the train from the problem he himself just created. Yeah, so when look, these people start to come to justice. There's an had, somebody said that he stopped abortion in Louisiana. Abortion is still going on in Louisiana. People's I hate it. Change. That's that's what stops abortion. The gospel is what stops abortion. It's not. Uh, you can, no legislation has ever saved anybody, and it's never it's transformed not. anybody's heart. It's, uh, it's the gospel further. that does that. Jesus is the only way you can be a politician and be as ruthless as you have to be to be the president of the United States. Compromise. And have that heart change. Yeah. Like people want to tell me that Mike Pence is a Christian. My left foot. (laughs) Even though Um, he he took out, I don't know if you saw that video where he, I mean, it was his speech. I watched the whole thing. I watched it in context because I didn't want to just watch a, something taken out of context. But he he uh, sat there and took a scripture that was talking about Jesus. He took Jesus's name out and put old glory in there. And uh, I, I mean, anyway, yeah, but it's it's a uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I'll get on a rabbit trail, but I agree with you. Yeah, that's OK. Yeah, uh, Jesus. Jesus gave an answer to the question that he he uh, that he or she I don't know which who the questioner was, but um, this is so about uh, like the Old Testament and the New Testament and uh, Moses' law and the the uh, nation of Israel and the Old Testament and the kingdom of God and the New. And I'm not teaching uh, replacement theology either at all. Like it's well, there's no but, such um, thing as replacement theology. Do what? There's no such thing as replacement. Yeah, it's a man's term. It, man, yeah. But uh, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 19. And uh, this instance was talking about divorce. The Pharisees are trying to trap them. And uh, they they basically said, you know, uh, do you say it's okay for a man to divorce his wife and everything? And um, this is what Jesus said. Uh, Matthew 19, 8. It says, He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whosoever marrieth her, uh, which is put away, doeth commit adultery. I know that's not 
politically correct or even culturally correct in the church, but that's what Jesus said. And he, yeah. but he and said for the hardness, of, my point is, he said the hardness of your heart is why that exception was given in the old, in Moses' law. And throughout the, I mean, look, read the Sermon on the Mount. Constantly Jesus is saying, you have been told this, but I say unto you this. You have been told this, but I say unto you this. And he's talking about the Old Testament. I mean, when he says, you have heard this, he's quoting something that was said in the Old Testament. He's not replacing. It's not a replacement. It's a, he's showing God's true heart. He's showing, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, right? He's the begotten from the Father. He's, uh, he's fully God. He is, he is God, the Trinity. You know, he, he shows us God's heart. So read, read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And G- constantly Jesus is saying, he's answering your question. He's saying, you have been told this. You know, this is the way it was done. But I tell you this, because he's revealing God's true heart, uh, the hardness of their hearts back then. Um, I guess maybe allowed is a bad word, but allowed certain things. Um, because for one, Israel then was a was a physical nation of this world. You know, when God set up the nations of the world um, on the, what was it, the 70, uh, 70 sons of God is what he divided the nations on. Israel was a physical nation. Just, I mean, I mean it, you know what I mean? But Jesus said his kingdom, when he came, John the Baptist and Jesus, John the Baptist said, "The kingdom of God is is coming. It's in here." And Jesus said, "It's here now." When He came, He said, he started that man. "Yeah, He said it's not of this world." Um, you know, I mean, it, it's in the merge of two. James said in James four, he said, "You adulterers, don't you know that friendship with the world is to be an enmity with God and to be a friend of the world?" That's right. Jesus said, "The world will hate you because of me." Because he said, you're not of the world, just like I'm not of the world. I mean, over and over and over. In the, in the comments here, uh, in all caps, we've got the word grace. Um, you know, grace has to do with, and we've talked about grace. We have said repeatedly that we are indeed under grace. If it were not for grace, we would have no chance at salvation. Amen. Grace through faith. Yeah. Grace through faith is how we get on that vine. Yeah, we're not talking about salvation. Yeah. The way to be born again and be born again into the cultivated olive tree that is Israel. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what you do after you that vine. Yeah. Yes. Because Jesus, Jesus said many yeah. times that he will uh, prune that vine. And no, the, he, the, he, the branches that are cut off, that don't bear fruit, will be cut off and thrown into the fire. If we had time, uh, that's what I wanted to, uh, to read a while ago, but time's sake, I don't think we'll allow. But I encourage y'all, re- the readers, read John chapter 15. 
I mean, just read it all. The whole thing. He's very clear. Nobody really ask any questions, probably because it's early. So if you want to read it, if you have time, go well, ahead. I I tell you what, I'll read. I'll read um, this real quick, and then I'll read that. Uh, this is um, Matthew seven. So this is the very last words that Jesus gave on the Sermon on the Mount, five, six, and seven. Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five, six, seven. This is Matthew chapter seven. Uh, he talks about a good fruit uh, produces good fruit, or good tree produces good fruit, and it can't produce bad. You know, he talks about that you can know them by their fruits and whatnot. And he talks about the see He says. And verse 22 or 2021, not everyone. This is Jesus's red letters. I'm not going to really add any commentary. Do what? Matthew Matthew 7? Matthew Matthew 7. 7. Yeah, it's the it's the last words of the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matt's Sermon on the Mount starts in five and ends in seven. Yeah, this is his final words. And I'm not going to really add much commentary at the end of this because I, I don't want to take away from Jesus's words. But I encourage everybody to read and take him what he said for what he said, and to go back and read the rest of the context too. And uh, and then I'm gonna go straight into reading John 15 because um, I just want people to hear Jesus's words. So this is uh, verse 21 in Matthew 7. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall mm-hmm. enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done uh, many wonderful works? Then will I profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, in other words, because of what I just said, Therefore, whatsoever, whosoever hears these sayings of mine, and in context, the sayings are the Sermon on the Mount teachings. He that uh, whoever hears heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And when the rain descended and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded. This his teachings in the Sermon on the Mount is a foundation. That's what Jesus said. For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not will be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And when the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them with one having authority and not as the scribes. So that's not what I grew up being taught and believed, but that's what Jesus said. And then John chapter, and, and notice this too, he's not talking to, I mean, just think about this. He said, um, many will say to me, come and Lord, Lord, haven't we uh, cast demons out in your name? People don't cast demons out, out of people based on their own authority. At some point, they had the authority, they had, they knew Jesus. Yeah, they, they had uh, they, you know, look yeah. at the sons of Sceva. You know, they tried to cast a demon out in the name of the, the Jesus Paul preached, and that demon put a whoop on them. I mean, if they're casting demons out in the name of Jesus, at some point they knew Jesus. They were on the vine. Then this is in the vine. This is the chapter. I mean, this next one is uh, John 15. So there's so taking scripture in context, we are saved by faith 
uh, by grace through faith, not by works that no one could boast. We cannot get on that vine alone. I mean, we we cannot do it we, at all. Our, no works can we do to get us to be for us to be saved. And in context, the law not by the works. In context, Paul is also talking about the works of the Mosaic law. But uh, this is uh, John 15. So keeping all Scripture in mind, we're saved by grace through faith. Uh, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 15. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman or the gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it so that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. Uh, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it is abide in the vine, no more can ye accept ye abide in me. So it's only through Jesus we can do this. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Wonder what he means by that. If he abide in, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall yeah. ask whatever ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall it be my, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my command commandment. So he's telling us the commandment he's talking about. That we love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than he that a man, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. So keeping that. Pause for just a second. Um. Because I, I really think that um, this one person is just, I don't know, maybe it's hard to understand text. I don't know. But when you say not by works, when someone just got saved, example, Dustin, they haven't, um, they haven't had time to produce fruit. You're right. And if they die then, yeah. They are covered. That's right. What, that is where grace comes in. That's right. Um, you said baby Christians must grow just as babies in the human state. Absolutely. But, and we don't know what point this is, because, and that's why we should not tempt God. But at some point, if we do not produce fruit... Yeah. We will be pruned off of this vine. Another time, Jesus said, um, and I forgive me, don't take my word for it. Look up this. You know, I'm sure you can you could find it pretty easily. But another time, Jesus uh, gave the example of the the I think it was a fig tree wasn't producing fruit, and yeah. um, the man wanted to cut it down. And he said, "Well, hold off on a year. Give me a year, and I'll fertilize it and water it." And if it still doesn't produce fruit in a year, and I don't think that's exactly a year. I'm not, that's not my point, but I'm saying time. And if it doesn't produce fruit, then we'll cut the tree down. 
but he but there's there's um you have to go from milk to meat you have to be transformed and this is the way i look at look at it so and i i, I want to say this was bdk that said this too it might have been a couple different people and it just this is a this was an analogy that helped me understand but anyway so it's people always talking about having a changed heart but I think it starts with an exchanged heart, right? We die to ourselves. We die to our old life of sin and death, and we are born again. You know, being born again, you got to die to yourself before you can be born again into a new kingdom, a new life. You know, he, he, you can't see the kingdom without being born again, Jesus said in John 3. So you exchange your life for Jesus' life. He, you, he gives you his righteous life, if you die to yourself and give him your dead life and then the changed heart first comes the exchange heart, exchange life then comes the changed life then we're transformed we are uh, we've been made new and we have to grow in that we have we can't just you know you can't be uh, someone who was saved and then three years later after being saved their life doesn't look any different than it did before they were saved i mean that's you know it i mean you know what i mean james says um uh you know read the read the book of james he said that um faith without works is dead he said he'll show his faith by his works the evidence of his faith is his works i mean it's you know what i mean i mean i'm not taking away from any of these scriptures if you i mean if you just read them all in context it's crystal clear like you don't have to sweep any under the rug like you can any scripture you see if you take it literally like in context with the other scriptures it doesn't contradict anything we are saved and put on the vine by grace through faith not of works no one can boast and we are kept on the vine by it's a it's a obedient love faith relationship with Jesus that's right I was it's a relationship It is a love-faith relationship. It it's not a law. It's not a checklist. You, you got to do this, that. It's if you, Jesus just said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. my commandments. Yes, he said, you, you can't, the first, he said, which are the greatest laws? He said, all the law is kept in these two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who curse you and despitefully use you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's uh, that's hard to hear, but that's what he said. And that was in the Sermon on the Mount. That was one of those sayings that he said, mm-hmm. He used to hear these sayings of mine and does them will be likened to a wise man. That's one of those sayings. Loving your enemies. That's how are you going to love your enemies if you're, I mean, you know, if you're killing them, or uh, you know, I mean, you know what I mean. It just, just take the simple words of Jesus. Like, don't take my words. Take Jesus's words. Very simple. That's Brother, what it comes down I, to. I truly, truly appreciate you coming on. I tell you what, I haven't had this good of a, a conversation in a very I, long I time it, man i could talk about yeah, i could talk, talk about scripture talk the i've got to go on to work <laughs> but i, I can sit yeah. here and talk uh, talk yeah, about I've got this to go all day my son he, I, there's one thing that you know he's homeschooled there's one thing 
that he can't do by himself. He has to have me there with him. And it's at 12.15 that he has to do it. So I've got to go too. Oh, what time is it? Oh, yeah, I've got to, I've got to get to. But hey, hey, brother, thank you for having me on. I, 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 uh, that's, that's awesome. As long as you are uh, willing, I, I, I would love to have you on again. Um, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Right. Do you mind if, just because I know um, a few people who are watching, do you mind me telling your age? Yeah. 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 Matthew is 26 years old, and he knows as much as I do, if not more than I do. Um, <laughs> when it comes to scripture and I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to yeah, give you a big yeah, I got what I'm saying is you know have, I wish have that, it figured out at all oh I, I and I'm yeah, not saying yeah. that I'm yeah, saying this mainly yeah. because I know my mother is watching I I would give anything to be able to go back and have the head on my shoulders at 26 that you have on yours is what I was trying to say um, and you know I, I, like I said I've told people and I will continue to tell people um, you know because and I think you will be rewarded for this uh, when you come into the kingdom well you know the into eternity um, you are the one who originally shared the uh, the early church fathers teachings with me in this um, in this uh, set. Now, I have been studying what the early church fathers believed over a year. And it was actually like we talked about, it was actually, um, mine just went blank. The guy with the K, the, um, David Brousseau? No, not David Brousseau. Uh, the guy that's on the BDK. Uh, on, oh, Phil Baker? Yeah, Phil Baker was the first person to turn me on to the early church fathers. Just yeah. by listening to his program, um, researching the early church fathers on my own. But then... Um, just becoming set apart from the world yeah self and then you know a few weeks ago when you sent me those uh two audio teachings from david berceau that was exactly what i had been looking for and you know you it was, you were truly a blessing to me by sharing those with me because it wasn't just me who was greatly blessed by those. I've shared them with others who have also been greatly blessed by them. So I'm just I'm just thanking you and telling you that um, you know you will be rewarded. Um, you know the Bible talks about well, it's all it's all uh, you know. I mean, we, we have to, God's not going to go above our free will. He's not going to uh, force us to do anything. We have to obey, but it's right. all, it, he, he does the, he does the real work. You know, 
we oh, uh, we might throw yeah. those seeds and he the powers in the seed you know he so it, it's all glory glory to him because I, I I mean I really don't mean this in a cliche way I mean but I'm really I really don't have everything figured out I mean I'm not just saying oh, that maybe say you that, but I mean I um it's you don't have to look very far to find find some some way I don't understand something or faulting but uh, I wouldn't have never uh, known any of those things unless somebody shared them with me so it's um it's I mean it's it's a it's all um you know it's all it's all for him you know absolutely absolutely I'm sorry my son brought me his uh his uh, iPad for his school, but uh, again, man, I, I I truly appreciate you coming on, and um, you know I am proud to call you my brother in Christ and my friend. Um, well, I'm, I'm thankful to you for your obedience to where, where he's called you, because I've learned a lot from you too, man. I, I mean, I've learned a lot from you and BDK and. Uh, Phil and Justin and Wes, I mean, all of them, all of them brothers, I mean, it, it's, that's what we're here for, the body of Christ, it's iron sharpens iron, the, the name of your, that's pretty fitting, iron and sharpens iron, that's all the glory, all glory goes to God, amen, absolutely, it's like, like Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing, it's all, it's him, we have to obey, and, and, choose to uh, live and to do what he says but it's all him it's not us it's all him